Welcome to E-Society Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Azizu back again, E-Society Podcast. We talk TV, movies, comics, collecting, sports, and everything entertainment. And this is episode 271. Today we'll be talking about TV, including Werewolf by Night, the Challenge USA's finale, She-Hulk, Andor, Laura's Lava Season 3, and the new Netflix take on The Mole. Movies including Eraser Reborn and The Redeemed Team. And as always, The Week in Sports, including WWE's Extreme Rules, The Week in Funko and Collecting, Weekly Star Wars Moment, and our weekly random movie and song recommendation. Before I go any further, it's the Nez! Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Uh, I'm alive. If you guys are watching the uh, the TikTok stuff, um... Don't do uh, Werewolf by Night. I, didn't, I haven't watched it. And, uh, no, I can I can do a spoiler-free take on it. That's a thir- No, save it all. That's for 31 Days of Horror. We're going to run through the whole thing. So <laughs> just save it. <laughs> um, Yeah, I survived. Man, it was hot down in Sacramento at uh, Discovery Park. Uh, shout out to my boy, Tony, a uh, guy I met when I first started with uh, my job. And uh, he lived a few miles from from the park because if you have never been to the Aftershock Festival or uh, Discovery Park, I assume there's parking for if you're just going to go there, have fun at the park. But for this festival, there is no parking anywhere. It is it. It's a nice park. There was plenty of trees and everything. So there was shade and everything. But. Man, it, it was, oh, hey. uh, we didn't go in right in the beginning because there would have been no way I would have made it. Cause it. I think the doors opened like at 10 and the show started like at 12. And, but there was like a, a hundred different bands that I had no idea who, who they were and I didn't care for. I went in later for the uh, for the old man rock. Uh, I, my son and I, we only went the first two days, Thursday and Friday. Uh, but I'll give it to uh, one of my buddies. He's a soldier, man. He was there for all four days. <laughs> and uh, he must have just soldiered right through everybody and got to the front, every single uh, band that he wanted to see. Because I was like, oh, man. But I got pretty close, closer than I thought I was going to get. Uh, the only night I didn't get close to anything was, was Slipknot that first night. That was probably uh, the, the two days I was there it was packed. I mean, I got... Uh, to where I could see, but it was, it was, man, uh, we got to my buddies and he goes, he, cause he went before he goes, he just rode his bike over there because there's a, a little bike, uh, gated area. You can put your bikes in there. They'll watch them for free. So we did that. Oh, I'm just out of shape, man. I, I haven't ridden a bike and I don't know who knows how long. Um, but it was, it wasn't the bike ride, man. It was the heat. Uh, it was like a three mile ride I and mean, it was all flat except for one little hill, but 
Oh man, I was burning up. I was like, oh, as soon as we got there, we just checked in our bikes and uh, I needed water. So I powered all my water before we went in because they said you could take in, take in a bottle if it was sealed. If it wasn't sealed, it had to be empty. So mine was empty. They they weren't checking or anything because there's uh, no food and no this, no that. There was so many thousands thousands of people. They were just trying to get everybody in. Um, we were going to park over at Cal Expo and take the shuttle over, but uh, you had to buy those parking passes like in advance because it was those were sold out. But from what I understand, oh, excuse me. Um, some people I was looking on Facebook and they were saying they missed like all the beginning bands because they were waiting in line to get on a shuttle. Some people said they stood in line for like two or three hours just to get on a shuttle. And I guess there was an accident somewhere uh, along the shuttle route because they were saying that people were saying it took them for we should have took only like a couple minutes to get from the parking lot to to Discovery Park. But they, they said they had took forever. It was traffic all over the place. A lot of roads were shut down. And uh, I was like, man, so uh, we got in there. Those are like around four. I walked in and there was they said, oh, there's going to be free water stations all over the place. So you can just refill your bottles of water. No, those lines were hella long. Those lines were longer than the beer and the food lines just to get water. And I was like, man, I, I was I was my my hands were feeling numb and my knee and or my my legs were feeling all tingly. And I was like, man, what's I just figured I was just on the verge of heat stroke or something. So I just walked and walked, and uh, I made it straight over to the um, the first aid tent. I went in there; it was nice and AC. I just sat down, and I was just like, I don't, I must have lost, I don't know how much weight, just sweating, and I, I probably gained it all after I drank all the water and everything. But I was like, they go, "Are you okay?" I said, "I just," I told them how I felt, and they go, "Yeah, you're just, you're just hot and exhausted. Just don't worry, you're not the first. There's a ton of people in there." So I took my name, took on my vitals, all that. Uh, that was right when I first walked in the little waiting room. I was only there for a couple minutes, and then they, they took me to the back where it was much cooler. They go, yeah, man, here, sit in this chair. It was one of those little plastic lawn chairs. So I sat down. As soon as I sat in that thing, it, it broke. And I went, ah, fell on my left side. All those guys and gals came running over. Are you okay? Are you okay? And I, I just laid there. I was like, I, I wasn't even going to try to get up. I was so just, oh, I, I just wasn't feeling myself. So I laid there for a minute. They go, are you all right? You all right? I mean, do you need to go to the hospital? I said, no, nah, man, I'm good. I just sat up and then got up. And then another lady goes, that's like the third one that broke. And I was like, whoa. And the guy goes, it ain't you, man. These have been breaking since we've started. So I was like, oh, okay. So I just sat in a regular little folding chair and they took all my vitals and all that. And then another guy came over with some little bottles of water and he was dumping in some kind of electrolyte uh, powder. He goes, here, man, you need to drink these. I went, okay. So then he, another guy came up with a, uh, it was like a, a cold uh, towel or something, wrapped it around my neck. He goes, yeah, man, this this little cool. I went, all right, cool. So whatever. He just put that around my neck. I started drinking those things. They kept bringing more and more. Here, you got to drink all these. So I must have been in there for about a half hour. Uh, cooling down and drinking all the stuff and after that I was alright they went you okay? I said yeah man I'm good so right before I left another lady came in 
she was feeling the same way. She was like, oh, I just I feel like I'm going to pass out. And so they go, okay, sit right here. And it was right next to me. And it was one of those plastic lawn chairs. She sat in that thing. Same thing. <laughs> it broke. And she fell. And then somebody came and said, you know what? Get rid of all of these. So they threw out all those plastic chairs. And then that lady, I said, don't. I said, I same thing happened to me when I got here. I sat in that and it, and it broke. She was like, all right. So as I was leaving, they were wheelchairing in a dude. He was in a wheelchair and he was just hunched over. Like, I was like, damn. And they had to pick him up and put him in one of those little cots. He had dirt all over his legs. Um, he just looked like he was drunk. And uh, I there was hella drunk people outside before we even went in. I'm like, what's the point of going to a festival just to get all smashed? I mean, everyone likes to party and have fun, but to get blown out of your mind and not know what's going on, I'm just like, that's I'm too old for all that. But so I got up and I walked out and uh, my son and um, I told my son, you know what, go walk around, see if whoever's on that, that you like. He did the, the once around. He came back, said, no, nah, these bands suck. So he came in and I, that's what I was done. And I, all right. Hey, thank, thanked everybody. And, and I walked out and right when you walk out, the merch tent was right there where they were selling t-shirts. So Eric wanted a shirt. So I bought a shirt and I had like my power, my phone power battery charger, my bottle of water and, my wallet and other things. I said, man, they, you couldn't bring backpack it, backpacks in there unless it was um, one of those clear backpacks. But they were selling them there, so I had the little pull string one. So I bought one of those just to throw all my junk in and put it on my back. And then uh, right when we walked out of that little merch tent, Stone Temple Pilots came on. So I, was, so I booked it over there, and uh, they started. Um, I don't know the name of their new singer, but... He did Scott Weil and Justice, man. He sounded hella good. They, out of all the bands that I saw that day, um, or the whole weekend, um, or the two days that I was there, uh, Stone Temple, man, they put on a good show. Um, they did all the songs everybody wanted to hear, all their hits. Maybe one or two they didn't do, but they did everything. So every single song they played, I knew. And I was singing and I was dancing. So I knew I felt better. I was I was all juiced up and energized with all the electrolytes, I guess. But they were hella good. And as soon as they were done, we walked over and um, Evanescence came on. So got through that. Oh, hella good. Oh, man, that was awesome. I mean, they, they put on a good show. And then um, who was after that? Uh, there was only the the bands that I wanted to see that day, and because I didn't really care for anyone else after that. Yeah, Stone Temple came on, uh, Evanescence, and then uh, they were on when it was right and was starting to get dark. And so as soon as they were done, when it was dark, so when they were done, I walked over to and there was four stages. I walked over to one of the smaller stages, and Code Red or Code Orange was on. They were a band from Philly, I think. I had seen videos and, and heard some of their stuff. And uh, so I'd never seen them live. So I walked over there and I was watching them. Uh, me and my son and my buddy went over there. Man, Code Orange is tough. Man, they were hella good live. Man, they had that place moving. Um, I, there were some pictures that, that I need to post. I posted videos and everything, all the bands that I saw that day over my Instagram. Or uh, over on um, TikTok as well. Go to East Society. is a bunch of 
videos over there I posted. And man, Code Orange, man, they ripped it up. They were hella good. I want to go see them when it's their show and then they can play uh, longer. They played about 45 minutes, but uh, they were hella good. And then when they were done, um, Slipknot was coming on. So I was like, ah, I mean, I'd seen Slipknot a bunch of times. So I was like, you know what? Eric wanted to go. He went over He went over there because his buddies were there. So he, he went over there to watch Slipknot. And um, my buddy also wanted to see them. So we went over there. I walked over and I wanted to see a band that I, I grew up with, Bad Religion. They were playing on like the smallest stage. So I walked over there and watched uh, pretty much most of their set. And then I was like, you know what? I want to at least see some of Slipknot. So I walked over there and like I said, it was packed over there. So I was like, fuck, man. So I, I watched what I did. They, I got to hear the song I wanted to hear, that um, that song Sulphur. So that was cool. I at least got to hear that. Watched a couple of other songs they had done. And then Eric was, uh, he wanted to see Bad Religion because he likes them and he's never seen them before. So he watched uh, pretty much most of Slipknot's set. And then he had texted me. He goes, I'm going back over to watch Bad Religion. So I just walked back over there and we stood over there and watched the rest of their, their set. So they were hella good. And that was pretty much the end of the night. So we had to go uh, get our bikes and then ride back to my buddies. And uh, it was late. Everything was pretty much closed. We made it over to Del Taco, got something to eat, and just went back to my sister-in-law's and passed out. Uh, next morning, we didn't get it. We didn't need to rush over there because, again, the first three, four hours was nothing. A bunch of bands I didn't really care for. So we headed over there around four. Uh, my sister-in-law, she goes, you know what? I told her about the fiasco, me overheating and all that. She goes, you know what? I'll just drive you guys over there and I'll pick you up after. So uh, she got us there as close as, as she could. We probably had to walk like a block, so it wasn't very far, but it was still hot. I think Friday was the hottest. It was like 94. So I was like, oh, I was already burning up just walking. We got in. Um we just well, as soon as we walked in, we just went straight all the way through the whole festival to the smallest stage, and then Helmet uh, was was getting ready to come on, and that's what I wanted to see the most that day on Friday. So I walked over there. There was hardly anybody over there when I got there, but then once uh, they were about to come on, a lot of people came over. Is uh, again Old Man Rock, so they tore it up. They were hella good. Uh, they played all the songs I wanted to hear as well. And I ain't seen Helmet since sometime in the 90, mid-90s, I would say. I saw him when they opened up for the Rollins Band. I think it was after uh, that album, Betty. I believe that was the album that I saw him on. And I haven't seen him since then. But they were hella good. Uh, walked around for a little bit. Eric wanted some stuff, so we uh, picked up a shirt. He wanted a Bad Religion shirt, so we got that. And I picked up something there, but when we get to uh, collecting, I'll talk about it. So after that, uh, I kind of we met up with my friends. Um, shout out to uh, Ree and her sister Christine. Uh, some gals that I grew up with in the Bay Area, they were there. Old school metal uh, thrash heads. So we hung out for a little while, and then uh, we made it over to uh, I think it was the biggest stage that they had, and Danzig was coming on. Uh, more old man rock. Uh, he's he's got to be pushing seventy, I would say. Um, uh, let me see. Glenn Danzig. He's got he's got at least if he's if he's in his sixties, it's probably late sixties. Cause he was rocking when I was a little oh, he's sixty seven. And uh 
he was still up there doing it, man. He, he was all over the stage. Um, they kind of did him dirty with the sound because every time he, he just kept getting feedback uh, from his microphone. But he did what he had to do. He got up there, did all the songs uh, we all wanted to hear. Um, he still got it, man. He's still up there rocking. I met him a few times at Comic-Con. He was cool. But, but there is that video of him getting knocked out when he was out in, uh, was it Tuba City? I think it was either Tuba City or when I think it was Tuba City out in the res in Arizona. I don't know. He got into it with uh, some uh, the singer from Northside Kings, and he got knocked out. <laughs> but there's all kinds of different stories, but the video's out there if you guys haven't seen it. But um, he was cool a couple times that I met him. But he tore it up. Then after them, uh, we had to walk over to the next stage, the next biggest stage, and then Lamb of God came on. So I was like, oh, man, Lamb of God's tough. If you guys haven't seen them, definitely check them out. They put on a good show. <laughs> uh, shout out to Art Cruz, the drummer, man. He's, he's fucking bad as fuck, one of my favorite drummers. So I watched maybe the first 20 minutes of their set. And then I had to walk way back over to the other side of the park because Guar was on. And I wasn't going to miss that. So, I mean, I'd seen Lamb of God. I grew up listening to Guar, seen them a billion times, but they always put on a good show. Except for the, except for Friday night. I thought, to, out of all the times that I've seen them, it, it just, I don't know, it just wasn't a good set. I don't know, maybe they couldn't do... Um, Everything that they usually do. I mean, of course, they did the blood and stuff like that, but you, it, it just it, to me, it just didn't seem like that much. They brought things out and did a couple things, and they did a lot of talking. Um, I wanted to hear a lot of songs from uh, Scum Dogs of the Universe. Uh, I think that's their second album. Uh, they played one song while I was there because I ended up walking away because Kiss was coming on. I wanted to make it over to Kiss before. Um, uh, they were going, but I pretty much saw uh, Guar's whole set. Um, I didn't get close. I didn't want to get all bloody because I had my uh, MacNish shirt on. And speaking of that, hey, shout out to everyone that came up to me uh, that listens to the show. I so was shocked um, when people did, hey, hey, what's up? I went, hey, I like, they were saying what's up. If you guys are listening, thank you for coming up to me. I forgot everybody's name, but I, if, when they came up to me, guys were like, hey, man, what's up? Like, Oh, do I know you? But they were like, yeah, we listened to the show. I was, oh, okay, cool. Right on. Thank you. So it was just like in in passing. So that that was really cool. So, but I had that shirt on and I didn't want to get it all bloody. Plus, I didn't want to go sleep at my sister-in-law's and get her sheets all bloody uh, from all that. So anyway, but um, they, I just thought it was a weak set. But uh, they do what they do if you guys have seen Guar. Um, if you have Shudder or AMC Plus, Definitely check out This Is Guar. I talked about it uh, a few shows back. Awesome documentary. And then so they were done. I made it. I went and refilled on water, went to the bathroom really quick, and then I started walking over to the main stage. Uh, check out my TikTok video. As I was walking over there, it was like right before Kiss came on. And uh, I was like walking, and the, the right when they came, oh, are you guys ready for the hottest band in the world? Kiss. And I was like, fuck yeah. And I was walking through, and they always started off with Detroit Rock City. So I was singing my ass off, walking along, filming a video, and I got as close as I could get uh, with that video. But then I, I stopped it. I actually got closer, um, not as close as I wanted to, to, to be because um, we were leaving a little bit earlier before Kiss's set was done. 
But uh, I got to hear everything I wanted to hear. Uh, I got to see the the Ace doing or not Ace uh, Tommy Thayer, Spaceman doing his guitar solo and shooting the the, the pyrotechnics out of his guitar. I got to see Eric Singer's drum drum solo. Uh, that was awesome. I got to see uh, Gene spit the fire. Uh, I posted a video of him when he's spitting the blood and everything right before he went into my favorite song that I grew up since I was a little kid. Shout out to my dad. Uh, he was the one that introduced me to Kiss with uh, the Destroyer album. And uh, my favorite song off of that one is God of Thunder. And I said, I, I'm not leaving until I hear that. So, But every time Gene does the blood and everything, right after that, he does God of Thunder. So he came out on this platform and he rose up, he rose up and he did that song. But it was cool, right? When they came on, uh, Gene and Paul came down, uh, and I think uh, Tommy Thayer as well, came down on these little... Like elevator things from the top. They came down, pyrotechnics, the, everything was going off. Um, they had two big giant screens on uh, pretty much every stage. So so if you were in the back, you could still see uh, what's going on. And they had screens all over the park. So everyone was uh, sitting in the, in the shade, resting, watching. But they also had these four big blow-ups uh, of Kiss, like all of them. So I thought that was really cool. And Kiss, they, they do what they do. I don't know how many times they're going to say this is the farewell tour or the end of the road tour, but they just keep on going. Um, I was glad that I was able to share it with uh, my youngest son. Uh, I don't think Marky's ever seen him, but um, Eric's seen him twice. We saw him when they played in Sparks, and then uh, we saw him here. So um, we were we were going to stay to watch the whole set, but earlier there's this band that we watched from the Bay Area. They're from San Francisco. It's a band called Hemorrhage, and um, we saw them a year or so ago. Uh, it was after the Bay Strikes Back in Oakland. They have a little like um, one of those small little buses, not the yellow ones. It was like a little shuttle bus, but they they gutted it out and they go around and they do shows. There's a drum set in there, the guitars and everything. They got mics. They just pull up and start playing. Um, I go over to the Magnez uh, podcast uh, Instagram page. I posted a video of that, as well as two videos on our um, TikTok page for the E-Society. I put those on there, man. And they were, they were a tough little band. I love them. This is the second time that I've seen them, but I've been listening to them since the first time I saw them. And Eric really loves them. So um, they, push up, they put up a post saying, yeah, we're going to be playing after Aftershock. But they, it's kind of like they don't tell you where until they actually know. Um, they actually pulled up and parked in a, um, a parking uh, right next to the gas pumps at Arco gas station. And I was wondering, I mean, did they go in there and ask uh, if they can do that or do they just pull up and, and start jamming? Because usually there's videos of them. They pull up and just play anywhere. Then the cops come and shut them down. So but um, they played for probably about 45 minutes to half hour, 45 minutes. So they they got a good set because when we we left. um we left the show. We got over. Sister-in-law picked us up. She wished us back over to her house, got my truck, and then we hauled ass back over to that where that gas station was. Uh, there was a huge traffic jam. I was like, shit. So Eric jumped out, and he went over there to go watch, and I just said, you know what? If I miss him, I miss him. But as I passed him, there was a Motel 6 right across the street from that Arco's gas station. So I just pulled in there and parked, ran over there, and started watching the show. So we pretty much watched their whole little set that they did, and bought a t-shirt and CD and everything. So they were hella cool. But uh, that was uh, the end uh, our aftershock. I mean, I I didn't know who, I didn't know, well, chem, My Chemical Romance, eh, that's not for me. 
I know they headlined Saturday night and somebody named Muse or whatever headlined Sunday or tonight. We're recording on Sunday and I don't like either of those bands and all the other bands that were playing that day. I didn't know one of them. So I was just like, whatever. I saw who I wanted. So I got to see Slipknot. I got to see Guar. I got to see Helmet. I got to see Kiss. I got to see Evanescence. I got to see Code Orange, Stone Temple Pilots, Hemorrhage. I had an awesome time. Um, shout out again to everyone uh, that I saw there and all my friends that I haven't seen in a while, seeing them every time I go to shows and everything. But will I go again? Probably not. It was just it was just too hot. Um, I it's usually cool in October, I guess, but like not this year. Uh, global warming, I'm gonna say. But oh man, I'm too old to be out there in that heat, and I I probably won't go again if it's still a million degrees. Because when those tickets went on sale, we bought them like a long time ago. I think we bought them like the end of last year when they announced whoever. Uh, was going as soon as they announced and I saw a kiss, I was like, I'm going. So, but oh, um, yeah, I probably won't ever go again. It, it was if it, tickets are free, hell yeah, I'll go, but it was just too, too hot for me. So, but yeah, I had a really good time other than almost uh, passing out from the heat. Um, but uh, yeah, this last few days, I haven't, I didn't really get to watch anything. So, this is going to be the Zisu show. Well, I did watch something, but when we get to sports, uh, we'll talk about it. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, man, take it away. Uh, I guess first things first, just on uh, how hot it was there. Uh, I could tell it had to have been hot inland because here on the coast, uh, the last few days, it's been like Silent Hill here for real. Like almost all day, it's like foggy, like thick fog. So. I could only assume that meant it was really hot inland. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, oh, fog. <laughs> it was hell hot. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was just like, huh. <laughs> right. Right. oh man. I mean, but um, once I got in the shade, like I stood under some trees and uh, where um one of the other bands was playing, or where where Harold. Uh, the sun was up when Helmet was on, and there was a big tree and a freeway <laughs> overpass was blocking the sun, so we were in the shade the whole time. That was cool. The only thing that sucked about that was um the exhaust from the cars going by all day. I was like, oh man, uh, but we I, only, I was only there. Well, I went to that no code orange. I smelled the exhaust and Guar smelled the exhaust. So those two smaller stages, I saw Code Orange, Guar, and then on the other one, I saw Helmet and Bad Religion. But so, but yeah, man. But yeah, that was it. I mean, well, I, I felt for um, Stone Temple Pilots because they were on the very very first stage, and there was no kind of shade around that because the singer when he was up there, he in between songs, he was like, "Man, it's hot," and the sun was just beating down on them because the sun was setting, but it was still. I was like, Ugh. I can't imagine. I'll give it to all those younger bands that played earlier when the sun was up, burning at its hottest. And I was like, ugh. But, oh, man. It, it was it was fun. I had a good time, but I'll probably never go again. I'm too old, and yeah. it was just too hot for me. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, yeah, let's get into some TV. I'll probably quick hit these. 
Uh, I was going to kick it off with Werewolf by Night, but since you want to save that, I'll just say if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend uh, checking it out. And I look forward to you talking about it on a uh, 31 Days episode. Cool. Uh, next up, The Challenge USA's finale. Uh, that actually aired a couple weeks ago, the week before Big Brother ended. Uh, the Challenge had its two-hour finale, and I wanted to watch it, but I had uh, truck the next day, and I figured uh, it wouldn't get out till it wouldn't finish till eleven at night, and I was like, oh, I'll just watch it later. And then I saw the reaction online, uh, not just fans, but it seemed like a lot of media uh, were not happy with the finale, and they were like, oh, you know, terrible. Oh, can you believe that? Oh, so bad. This and that. And, did you enjoy it? No or no. And it was like, oh, geez. So it didn't put me in a rush to watch it. But when I finally did, I actually couldn't believe because uh, I was expecting like somebody maybe to get cheated or some like game that like favored somebody over somebody else. But no, like what it was was what the challenge is, especially these last few years. Not even just last few years. I'd say close to, you know, not okay, maybe not 10 years, but like the last at least like six, seven years, like the challenge, its finales have been, they are on purposely hard. They're very hard. They're like, what they say is brutal. They're usually two days uh, like endurance, hard stuff, hard conditions. And then they like even make it rough on you overnight. It's like terrible sleeping conditions slash you don't even sleep. You have to stand on top of a stump or something like that. So it really wears on people. So the thing is with this Challenge USA, it's not just regular Challenge competitors. It's people that uh, before played Survivor, Big Brother, Love Island, um, and Amazing Race. So they've played other games before, but they hadn't played Challenge. And when it did get to this finale, um, I guess what people didn't like, but I had absolutely no problem with, because it wasn't like they got cheated or anything like that. It is hard. It is grueling. Like um, the first day, uh, one person quit, which automatically eliminated their teammate. I felt bad for them. I'll just go ahead and say it. It was Enzo from Big Brother. He quit. And that was a real sucker move because uh, he he automatically eliminated his partner by by uh, by quitting. And that was that was really messed up, especially it was early on. There's no way he obviously I would have made it through the he would have made it through the whole thing. Um, and then when they got to the overnight portion, another person decided not to do the task and just rest up for the next day. And that kind of broke the rule. You didn't play the game, so they got eliminated. And then as the second day went on of competition, um, it was in like the cold climate and it started snowing. And I get it. It's hard. I'm not saying this is easy, but they got to a point where um, one person quit and then they got it was like the last challenge before you made the last little like stop where you had to do a, a puzzle, a game like a Sudoku thing before, you know, you trekked to the very last thing the the flag and, and check in and four 
people quit there, which left it so literally, and this is the first time this has ever happened in any challenge, only one man and one woman made it to the end, made it to the finale. So they got to split all the money that would normally be split by people that made it there. They got all of it, the two of them. One man and one woman. So, and yeah, they became challenge champions. So I actually thought it was actually quite a good finale. It was just funny to see people say that it was bad because like all these people quit. I'm like, yeah, that's on them. Like, and it is, it's supposed to be hard. It's called the challenge. So, um, I like, I didn't, I didn't see a problem with it at all. (laughs) What is this on? Uh, Paramount Plus. Okay. Yeah, it's really, it's really, like I said, it was really good. It was really good. Uh, I enjoy that show. I think it's 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 run the best of these like competition shows, Survivor and Big Brother and whatnot. Challenge to me, it is the most challenging and the most competitive and the most fair when it comes to its eliminations. Like these other games, you can get voted out and that's just it. And there's nothing you could have done about it. But challenge, you actually can fight for your life. If they put you up for elimination, you fight to stay in the game. You play a game, a competition to stay in the game. So I like that part about it the most. But anyways, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, because supposedly now that uh, this is complete, they're doing it for other portions of the world. I don't. I assume they're going to air that on Paramount Plus 2. And then eventually uh, they're going to do like a challenge, like the world edition, where I assume it's, they're going to have more people than just the two that ended up finishing. But anyways, uh, yeah, it was really good. And it's up on Paramount Plus, and I recommend checking out this. The Challenge USA. All right. Uh, next quick hit I have is uh, She-Hulk. Um, the long-awaited episode, the the cameo that everybody was waiting for. It I'm happened. not caught up, so go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I figured I should, I, should, I should be able to talk about it just because it's, like, not a secret. Like, they're sharing it on social. They got clips. Yeah, it's I like saw all the secret. pictures. So, yeah, it's like not a secret. So, um, what I'll say is I really liked it. Um, I thought I don't like they, how it looks. Yeah, but I think this was actually the the perfect time. Like, it's not my favorite suit either, but this was actually the perfect time to use it because you know they're not going to use that for the series. He's going to be in red for the series. So this is like a time to use it. And they actually like you. I know you saw up to the point in the series where you saw the one guy was making it for him. So like it was a good chance to like have him wear it, but not for this was made by someone on the West Coast. Right. Right. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. Yeah. Super suit maker. And yeah, that comes into play more too. That was pretty interesting. Overall, I really liked um, the season season finale here is this next week. Nine episodes. And yeah, this is the, the ninth one's coming up. Uh, 
should be interesting. But yeah, as far as Daredevil's appearance, um, I really liked it. And what was cool is they actually, uh, if you saw the way the Netflix series wrapped up, you saw that, right? The Daredevil one? Yeah. I don't remember it, but I saw it. So in that one, like he kind of comes to terms like, you know, he went through so much and, you know, there were dark two periods and down stuff, but he came to like, like you got to appreciate life and you got to live life. And it was interesting. Like he did actually bring that to this. Like it was a more like optimistic Matt Murdock. And he was like, kind of fun and playful and and then it was cool too because uh even in the fight scenes um it reminded me a lot like they put him in a hallway and like it immediately makes you think of uh, a season one uh daredevil so that was really cool and uh yeah i uh really enjoyed his appearance so and uh we'll see uh what she hulk's finale but uh, next quick hit, also right, really plug- quick, really quick. I was reading, what? and she She Hulk is just not doing good in no, the ratings is. at all. No, not the things I was reading. The things so I was reading, <laughs> they were saying it might. If it gets another season, that might be it. Um, and then people are complaining about, well, what is she gonna do in a movie? I mean, don't worry about it. If she popped up in the movie, she popped up in the movie. I don't think she would get her own movie. I'd rather have it uh, in the TV sh- the TV form. Um, but make these episodes longer. These twenty minutes, half hour episodes are. are it's like ugh, I don't, I don't like it. I mean, I get so excited. I mean, I'm into the show. I like it. I don't care what anyone says, but I just, I mean, give me longer episodes. But mm, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I see her. I would like to, if we ever get another Hulk movie, I would like to see her in in that. But I don't know. Are we ever going to get another Hulk movie? Like a solo supposedly, Hulk movie? Yeah, supposedly. Um, they said that's going to happen. But I don't know uh, what's even going on with the Banner character now. I don't know if that was a tease for Secret Invasion or what. Uh, the fact that that Sakaran ship showed up and then he left in it, because um, that's obvious. That's not uh, Scroll. That's that's uh, the Sakaran is the planet they were on in Ragnarok. So I don't know uh, where they're taking him as far as that story goes, or well, where they'll even tell that story. So, I take it he's not in the finale, but we'll give us see. another. <laughs> give us another Hulk movie. They need to just shell up and buy buy it back, because Universal's yeah. not doing nothing with it, um, to, other than just collecting that check. Because every time he pops up in a movie and in this show, they got to get paid because they own. Right. I guess the. TV and movie rights for the Hulk, but you guys aren't doing anything with it. I mean, you tried twice. Well, once, then uh, 
Disney kind of stepped in. Well, that wasn't Disney yet, was it? That was just, um, or was it? Which one? The Incredible Hulk. The Edward Norton one. Yeah, was that Disney then? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was the the partnership Universal and I know, but Disney film. But. Disney owned the Marvel Studios then, right? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was so long. You know, it's funny too. You know, it's funny too. In the Phase One, uh, going all the way back to then, the very first uh, MCU panel at Comic Con with uh, Iron Man, they actually also had uh, Edgar Wright's Ant Man was supposed to be in Phase One too, and that didn't happen till a lot later down the road and uh, Edgar Wright even obviously had left the project by that point. Anyways, um, interestingly, um, you know, you were saying the, the, you saw the stuff about people not watching She-Hulk. I've seen the stuff about people are watching She-Hulk and the ratings are pretty good. And I've seen that they're even better for, um, she-Hulk than they have been for Andor, and that is interesting because from what I've seen, uh, critics are absolutely loving Andor. Uh, the supposed Star Wars fans, from what I've seen, are absolutely loving Andor. All I see left or right, things I don't subscribe to, but it recommends to me on YouTube, left and right, all these videos that used to be like everything that's wrong with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Oh, the prequel trilogy, this and that, like everything I've seen is like, why Andor's getting it right? How amazing is Andor this? How amazing is Andor that? Like it's got crazy like fan response and critical reception. Yet at the same time, I see that um, more people watch She-Hulk episode six than they did the first episode of Andor. How do they how do they get all this information? I don't know. I guess it's like streaming stuff because that's the same thing I brought up last episode. How it was like I see so many more people talking about House of the Dragon than Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings is like watched like like I said three to one, like three times the amount of people watch Lord of the Rings than House of the Dragon. <laughs> all right, here um. I'm on, I see uh, so many people talk about House of the Dragon. <laughs> I haven't seen any of that yet. Um, it's good. It's real good. Uh, the last one, well, actually, there's a new episode tonight, but last week's episode got uh, real dramatic. How many episodes is there going to be? House of the Dragon? Yeah. I think, I think eight or nine, and then they've already got season two. Uh, they already got renewed, so... Well, as soon as it's done, I'll watch it. Um, the crazy uh, thing about it, though, is how like every episode is like years apart. Like they move the story quick, and then there's a huge time jump. There's like a twenty-year time jump in between. I think like episodes five and six, and they recast a whole bunch of actors. So they had like these like teen girls playing characters and then they recast 
these like ladies in their thirties to play the same parts. Okay, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I don't trust the critics, but they notified uh, She-Hulk Fresh with an 87%. And the audience score gave it 36. I think this is a bucket of popcorn that's dumped over. All right, I, didn't ever, I never trust the critics. They're probably paying them, so I, I don't believe them. But if you pay us, hey, we'll tell you whatever you got out is hella good. I uh, actually trust the critics. I don't trust the people because the people I'd rather, numbers are, I'd rather are trust, fake I'd, by people accounts that, that make a hundred accounts and post a whole bunch of fake reviews. So I don't believe the people. Uh, I'd rather <laughs> believe them the critics, man. I, I never question everything, everyone. Uh, here's a half a star. If you value your time, never watch this. <laughs> here's another half a star. If there's possibility of leaving less stars, I would. Not well written and not person. well filmed. It's the same person. It's nobody, bombed. Nobody pictures this. Here's another one. Uh, it is a series that bores unnecessary jokes, and they want to make us like Jennifer Water Walters, but quite the opposite. Here's a one star. Every episode is a filler episode, and the fillers are barely enjoyable. Why well, I disagree. I like everything that I've seen so far. Every, everything you just read was written by the same person. It was terrible CGI, lazy story. I, I agree with the CGI. Um, best part of every episode is when it's over. Ugh, no. Uh, here's a five-star review. Marvel does it again with the new series. Looking forward for to more. Uh, here's four and a half. Funny show uh, with it written into a plot. Uh, the kinds of personalities who would set out to review Bombit. Brilliant. They know exactly whom and why. Um, that's just the the beginning. I don't want to feel like clicking on. At the end of the day, though, like, doesn't matter actually what people say, what critics say. It's all about the views. Nothing. Yeah, it's just. I mean, they they obviously watch it. Views. (laughs) Hey, they're watching it to 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 give you a thing. What's up, man? I want to hear something. I want to see some critics. (laughs) Yeah. the, Hold that's on. the Th- problem with Andor. Andor is like getting mad love, <laughs> but I don't think it's getting watched. Well, why are they giving it mad love if nobody's watching it? I mean, we're obviously we're watching it. What I saw was good. I'm way behind. How many episodes is there now? Uh, five. The sixth one's coming, and it's uh, going to be a good one. So I'd well, recommend. We have to wait. Caught- I got too much going on this month. I probably won't get back to Andor until November. Uh, okay, who I don't know who this Jeffrey Lyles guy is. The biggest issues of, of this season have been Jennifer barely spending any time in the courtroom. Okay. <laughs> complete disinterest in being a hero and a lack of any worthy, worthwhile action. All of those problems got addressed here. Uh, I've only seen a couple episodes and she's been in the courtroom once. Um, has she not been? Well, she, she's no. trying to figure out who, what's going on. She didn't know all this was going to happen because she got that no. job and now There's everything. A, there was a case. Been in, yeah, there was a case with, with, with Matt Murdock. <laughs> was that three times? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know why they're calling it attorney at law. It should have just been She-Hulk. 
and then it would have been probably been all right, but I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. But, but. um, yeah, no, I actually, the thing that I'm actually loving about Andor is that obviously it's the Star Wars universe I love, but it's a part of the universe I never thought they'd show or we'd see, like. <laughs> It's actually kind of crazy some of the stuff they're dealing with. Like I like it because there's nothing we know. Right, right. And like, who would have ever imagined they would deal with Mon Mothma and her dead-end marriage? Whoever thought you'd get a dead-end marriage in, in a Star Wars story? Well, just <laughs> scraping the bottom. I mean... I think me my opinion it should just focus on his story. Don't shoehorn in other people. Just focus on what he did. He he's got a story. It should have started when he was a little kid and then rolled in like maybe in the beginning and then when he does those flashbacks and then just give us the first few episodes of when he's a kid of when he starts yeah. it. Yeah. That's what I wanted. I like, though, I the other thing I really like is like how like the imperial machine like is so powerful and like they really are like trying to snuff any any sign of rebellion or you know people coming together or rising up like that is the mission and it's it's i don't know i'm i'm loving it just also because um, just the way it's done and the characters. I'm loving Skill and Stargar's character. I want more of him. Um, wishing uh, he was getting a little more screen time. Um, Andor's on a mission right now, currently where we're at in the the, the story. But um, I don't. I know you haven't kept up, but you might have seen. Um, Skull and Skarsgård, he's got a uh, antiquities shop on Coruscant, and there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff in his shop. Uh, one of, interestingly, uh, something that like isn't canon anymore, but it's fun they threw it in there. Um, from the game The Force Unleashed, if you go the dark side route, there's like dark side armor for Starkiller. And that Star Killer Dark Side armor was in his shop, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> Tomato Meter gave it a ninety-one percent. Audience gave it an eighty-one percent. Yeah, no, people are loving it, but like I said, I don't know if it's getting the right amount of views from what I've heard. Like, all I see left and right is positive things about it, both critics and fans, YouTube videos that p fans are making and stuff. But I'm, I'm worried. I, I hope uh, that people, obviously, like I said, views are all that matters. It seems like, but uh, they, I, they, hope, I, uh, I think they, they do that season two that they had wanted to do. They had planned to do. So. I think they graded on, when it, the day it drops. Because I don't know if they're going to count. Hey, if I go start watching it now, I mean, 
I don't right. I don't know I don't know how they how they view all this. I mean especially the movies that drop straight to like the Netflix ones and or Halloween ends that comes out that's on Peacock this week at midnight on Thursday. Um so they must do it like almost like in the style of if it ran in the theater cuz it seems like the theater numbers what they count is the Thursday night early screenings Thursday or uh, Friday and then Saturday because it seems like already by like Saturday night you're starting to see articles about like who won the weekend and stuff like that. Like for this weekend, um, I guess it was an upset smile, uh, which it wasn't even, it was what in its second week, uh, it beat out, uh, Lyle crocodile and something else. I can't remember. I don't even know what's out. Something else got like upset, uh, by, Oh, that Amsterdam. I don't know. We got thirty-four percent. Third. Hmm. That don't look like anything I want to see. What's Piggy? I, I got nine. I got ninety percent. And Terrifier two. I need to see that. That first one was hella good. Um. I hope. Oh, please make it bloody as hell as the first one. You did that. Ain't a movie for you. Dude, it, was, it was ruthless, <laughs> but it was hella good. Um. Trying to buy my ticket for Halloween ends. I forgot. Uh, 19 bucks? You guys are killing me. Oh, ouch. When I, could, when I can watch it, there ain't nobody in there. <laughs> there ain't nobody in there yet. Well, okay, I'll wait on this. I'll buy it when I buy it. Um, But I'm still going to watch. I'm going to go see it, and then I'm going to come home and watch it again on Peacock. Um, yeah, I mean, that's been your tradition. So I I need to see it on the big screen. Um, yeah. I've been invested since the beginning. Right. It's not let it's not letting me see what piggy is. Um got ninety percent by the tomato meter and the audience gave it a forty percent. What the hell is this movie about? Um I don't want to read no one's review. I wanna read what the synopsis is. Hmm. I'm not getting anything, but well whatever oh. it is. It ain't playing around here, so Yeah. I'll have to go. find it. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Exactly. But all right. Well, moving on. Let me quick hit my last two shows. Uh, don't have much to say about it, just because it's in its third season. Uh, Floor is lava. But the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I sent you the picture of uh, a trio of uh, AEW wrestlers who decided to take part, and it was funny because uh, the first person who I found the most interesting of the trio you uh said he was the worst he acts like he's too cool and he brought that whole shtick to this too but i found it at least uh, it worked well for uh, flora's lava because everybody's like you know freaking out like oh don't do this and he was like playing it cool <laughs> garbage uh, i do like when, oh, when he's in, when, when he's in, when he's in the, when he's in the ring he stands there with his uh his hands in his pockets <laughs> Uh, he's stupid. I hate who, him. Who are the? Who is this trio of characters? I, I need to look at that picture again. I don't remember. It How was, was what's his nuts? Did you watch that movie I sent you? I did. That short film. I did. Did you review it yet? No. <laughs> Just review it. <laughs> 
just give your thoughts on it. I mean, it, it, it could be five minutes. It doesn't need to be uh, 10 hours. Um, man, when did you send that? Oh, it was October. I'm in the September uh, messages. Yeah, it wasn't that long. It was like, a, oh, here he is. Orange Cassidy, garbage. Um, I can't remember the name of the chick. Oh. Well, spoiler alert, um, she was the best of the bunch <laughs> as far as making it through the floor's lava course. She was the best of the three. <laughs> the floor is lava, that's the show. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Chuck Taylor, Chris Stadler, and Orange Cassidy. They were the yeah. ones. Yep. Ugh. But they weren't good enough to beat uh, so-called regular people. They didn't advance to the finale. Hmm. What What is this on? Netflix. In its third season. Um, I think... The first one was like eight episodes, and then since then, like the last two seasons have only been five episodes each. I think so. There, they go. It obviously goes pretty quick. You can get through a season in a sitting uh, of it because it's each episode. It's three teams of three, and then whoever does the best out of the two, one team's eliminated. The other teams go to like a final course, climbing a volcano. And then whoever gets up to the top first and puts their three rocks in the top of the volcano, they win the episode. And that's it. Pretty simple premise. <laughs> Searching for something. But it's fun. It's fun. Um, oh, really quick, really quick. Uh, Piggy, an overweight teen, is bullied by a clique of cool girls poolside while holidaying in her village. The long walk home will change the rest of her life. Adventure, drama, horror. Okay, this looks like the movie for me, because this trailer looks tough. Uh, looks like I got to read it, but... um, All right, critics uh, are saying it's good. So I'm a, I don't know who who these young women are. I believe it's all in Spanish. So, well, everyone, after I find it, I'll let you guys know what I think of it. But uh, this, this yep. looks, like, looks like a movie for me. Uh, oh, it comes out Friday. Hmm, maybe that's why it's not shown anywhere. Double feature. <laughs> but it probably won't be shown anywhere around here. If anywhere's um, Sparks, or not Sparks, um, Riverside. We'll see. Whoa, this looks like a brutal trailer. Piggy, everyone, check out that trailer if you like uh, adventure, drama, horror films. Um, but the looks of this, it's not horror. But uh, we shall see. Piggy. Yeah. <laughs> um, last uh, TV one I got, also on Netflix. The Mole is back. Uh, I didn't even know they were making a new mole. Netflix is picking it up. This used to be an ABC show. I didn't watch it when it first aired. But now it's no surprise that uh, last year... I talked about it on the show because they they put the original show on Netflix. Who was the host? Uh, Anderson Cooper. Is he still the host? And no, it's okay. a new host now. Um, let me. I watched that first season or so. 
So this new 2022 edition is hosted by Alex Wagner. She's the host of MSNBC's Now with Alex Wagner. So anyways, um, it's a 10-episode thing, but in the tradition of how it seems like uh, Netflix handles their reality shows, they dropped the first five are on there right now and then episodes six seven and eight are out on the 14th and then episodes nine and ten are out on the 21st so they're spreading it out a little but dropping it in bursts um follows 12 players as they work together in challenges to add money to the pot that only one of them will win um among the players is one person who has secretly been designated the mole and is tasked with sabotaging the group's money-making efforts. In the end, one player will outlast the competition and expose the mole to win the prize pot. So basically, yeah, one person is trying to make the team lose money. But what I found interesting this time, especially when you compare it to the original series, is... Obviously, there's only one person playing the mole, but this time, for some reason, as game players, way more of the players are willing to actually sacrifice <clears throat> money and, like, paint a target on themselves and, like, play misdirection. And in the original show, that, like, wasn't the case. Like, everybody just wanted to add money to the pot. And interestingly, this time, like... It was actually kind of shocking, and it was in the trailer uh, for it. Well, not the trailer, but the, like, you know, you scroll over on Netflix, and it starts playing, like, a little bit of the episode. Like, one mm -hmm. of the first things is one of the guys was like, you spent 25000 or something like that. And it was, like, like, almost the whole pot. Like, one person spent 25000 to protect themselves from one of the eliminations. And it like saved them and like people like left and right seem to be doing that, like disregarding the money. Um, so uh, I found that interesting. The other thing I found interesting is like with all these reality shows, like sometimes the cast really does matter. And I found there's actually multiple players on this that uh, I'm just I'm just not a fan of. It's interesting, uh, especially as much as I watch Big Brother. You can go on that show and say you like want to play the villain, but for the most part, people don't. And you can't, and it's not actually... For the most part, people actually can't play the villain. You're going to feel like a certain way <laughs> and whatnot. But interestingly... It seems like more than a few of these people are more than willing to play the villain, which is fine, and it can make for an interesting show. But, uh, yeah, anyways, obviously I'm going to keep up with this. I watched uh, all the first five episodes that are already up there. <laughs> What's this on again? Netflix. They've revived it, so... Um, It'll be interesting to see if uh, it, it's popular enough for them to keep it rolling like they have with the circle. 
and some obviously in like Flores Lava, some of their other shows like that. So I had no idea this was even happening until um, we still got to do our Big Brother finale pod. Uh, but one thing I'm going to talk about when we do that is I watched the six and a half hour uh, uh, interview, like a game recap with uh, the winner of Big Brother, Taylor Hale. And uh, on that channel, the Rob has a podcast channel. I noticed they did like a mole review and I was like, for what? Like, are they doing like retro TV or something? And so I clicked play on it real quick and they started talking about the new show. I had no idea it was coming or it was even out. And so, yeah, it's on Netflix, this new version of the mole. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, That will turn the page into movies, but I'll put it here at the tail into TV because I know it's funny. Um, We go back and forth on this all the time about, you know, you always want to put the docs in TV. But then you look at Netflix. If you look at Netflix, this is listed on their top 10 movies right now. It's not a movie. It's a TV thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> if it's in the theater, all right, I'll give it a movie. Like um, some kind of monster. That was a documentary, but it was in a movie theater. I saw it in a movie theater. Well, it's on the list of Netflix's top ten movies right now. It's hour Netflix, and thirty. Seconds. Netflix, you're wrong. <laughs> documentary, history, sport. This is the Redeem Team. Following the story of the 2008 U.S. Olympic men's basketball team and how the Redeem team set a new standard for American basketball. Really quick, uh, what's up with um, Draymond? Why is he being all weird? Dray's always been hot-headed. He obviously crossed the line. He shouldn't have done it. Um it's crazy that the video leaked. Um, I'll be interested to hear more about that story. Everybody's talking about that too. How that happened? Did the team do that? Uh, did some video coordinator like? Because um, I've already heard too. The number that TMZ baseline throws out is uh, ten thousand dollars, but other people saying like, no, they, they had to pay way more for this. So, is there some video intern? that uh, saw this payday. And then there's people talking like, well, is that worth your career? Like, is it? I mean, maybe it is, but is it? Like, I don't know. What's the number for you not to now be able to work in the NBA? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it obviously it was just cell phone uh, thing, but uh, whoever shot that video did it know it was going to happen? Because it wasn't like it was filming something else. Or who knows, maybe the, the video no, was longer. We they, just they saw. Were filming. No, it was open practice. They were filming the practice. And then probably it from that part in the video, they just caught their eye because probably Dre raises his voice. Who was probably the started dude? yelling. Jordan Poole. Is he any good? Yes. <laughs> He's really good. Is he uh, better than Draymond? They're on different stages. Um, Draymond's a four-time NBA champion. He's Forget all that. Forget all that. If it was one-on-one, 
who would win? Uh, Poole's Your, better European, offense. European, European, European. Draymond's one of the best defensive players ever. So it's hard to say. Like, offense usually always beats defense, but Dre's one of the best defenders ever. So He's a good shooter. Who's, yeah, if you're just talking about scoring, yeah, it's cool. Well, if it's one-on-one, yeah, it's got to be about scoring. Who would win? Yeah. Your opinion. Obviously, if you're saying one-on-one, then obviously, yes, it's Jordan Poole. But that's the thing. Basketball is a team game, and Dre does everything that a team needs that's not scoring. He's he, we, His scoring almost doesn't matter. Like, he does everything else. He's defense. He's rebounding. He's playmaking. He's assists. He's he's the guy, actually, you need on every team. He's the guy that won't back down. He's the guy that will get in anybody's face. He's the guy that will push and shove. Obviously, he crossed the line with the punch. But if you watch the video, so Jordan Bull standing under the basket, Dre's over on the baseline. He walks over. He's yapping. He gets all the way up in his face. Pool two hands shoves Dre away. And then Dre lunges back with the punch. So obviously, it was just heat of the moment. He lost his head. Um, It, you know. It happens. It this actually does happen. the The part about this that doesn't happen is the video getting out. Like the most famous one of all, our coach Steve Kerr. He played for the Chicago Bulls in the '90s with Michael Jordan, and famously, Michael Jordan punched him, punched Steve Kerr. So, <laughs> coach is no he's no stranger to this kind of thing. And like, he even said, like he's seen this like 15 times over the years. Like this happens. It's just what doesn't happen is everybody get to see it. And when everybody gets to see it, that's when the story changes. Like they, they, you know, and it's funny. That's what comes up. Um, I don't know if you remember Ray Rice who played in the NFL running back for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And when he, uh, knocked out his girlfriend in the elevator. You remember that video? Yeah. Yeah. When the video comes out, then everything changed. Before, when people said, like, oh, like, incident, like, domestic violence was a girlfriend, like, everybody's like, yeah, that's bad. But then when the video came out and he, you see he clocks her, he knocks her out, like, everybody's like, oh, my God, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. And everything changes. And he's just suspended for the year and it becomes like this whole cultural thing. So I don't know. That's the thing now with Dre. And he had an argument when Durant was with the team. And it's actually what led Durant to leave Katie to leave the Warriors is he had like, he didn't throw a punch at Katie, but he had a similar yelling kind of match with KD and then the whole season, it didn't derail. We made it to the finals where Durant and Clay both got hurt and had, it was over, but um, I don't know. To me, like I see Poole and Draymond being able to get on the same page a lot easier than Durant and KD uh, would but where we're at right now is uh, there's been no official suspension but Dre's left the team for now we had a preseason game tonight 
And uh, interestingly, Jordan Poole got his award for uh, top free throw shooter last year, which isn't a thing that gets talked about that much. But yeah, he had the highest uh, free throw percentage. Um, even over Steph, he shot a half percentage higher than Steph. So, uh, and Steph is actually the the his in all history, all NBA history, he's the leader in free throw percentage. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, uh, I think they'll be fine. The only thing that I wonder though is this, like the sign that um, Dre will sooner maybe rather than later actually end up on another team like he's a legend he's gonna have a statue outside the stadium he's a four-time nba champion he's the heart and soul of the warriors but it makes me wonder like staff obviously 100 percent. he'll never play for anybody else but the warriors he'll end his career with the warriors i'm pretty sure clay the same thing but it makes you wonder if Dre will have a few years somewhere else around the league. And uh, is this the kind of incident would, that would make the Warriors maybe want to make that happen earlier? Do they now make the move now? So, I don't know. Anyways. No idea. You're the, you're the expert here. I'm just yeah. – I just watch it every now and then. <laughs> or you send me <laughs> clips or whatever. Right. But but I was on the Warriors bandwagon before they left Oakland. After that, I don't care. <laughs> I'm all about Brooklyn. Well, not anymore. He, might, he left. What's his name? Left. <laughs> no, he's still there. Katie's still there. Harden? No. Oh, Harden. Yeah, he oh, left. So, yeah, Philly. Philly is the bandwagon to jump on right now. Philly has a really great chance this year. Uh, Joel Embiid has a great chance to win MVP. Um they got a young riser, Tyrese Maxey. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to like in Philly. Harden joked about he lost 100 pounds in the offseason. There's no way he lost 100 pounds. Uh, maybe 30. <laughs> All right, now what was this documentary <laughs> about the, the Olympic team? team. Uh, the U.S. Olympic men's basketball team on a quest for gold. At the 2008 Beijing Olympics, following the team's previous shocking performance four years earlier in Athens, the documentary offers a fascinating portrait of team building and insights of interviews with athletes from Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, to coach K. Mike Krasinski, who reflect on how the Redeem team set a new standard for American basketball. The other thing about this documentary um, that it's like, man, every time like it comes up, just obviously the huge basketball fan I am, um, Kobe was on this team, and he's uh, a, a major reason for the way this team ran and and and, and what it was all about. Um, I remember this is probably. Not the only time, but one of the only times I was ever, like, cheering for Kobe. Like, and it's crazy. Like, obviously, you know, I respect players, but obviously with the Lakers being one of the Warriors' biggest rivalry for, for, for years and, and 
during our, our worst years, that was one of their best years. Uh, so anyways, um, it's interesting to see, obviously, it has a lot of interview clips with him back from when this was happening, uh, 2008 and everything. But the lead up to this is just real quick. Um, from the inception of basketball in the Olympics up through um, the late 80s, um, USA basketball like lost like twice. Um uh, in that period from the inception of the Olympics through like 89. Um, and then uh, the USSR actually won. And from that moment, um, they thought, hey, the world's getting better. We better send our best, which um, made for the team of all teams, the 1992 dream team. With uh, Bird and Jordan and Magic and David Robinson and Barkley and Malone and Pippen and Ewing and everybody on that team. Christian Leitner <laughs> at the very end of the bench. The one college player. They didn't bring Shaq. They brought Leitner. That's crazy. But anyways, uh, the Dream Team set the stage for a new era in U.S. dominance. Um, they won again. And then they won again, but then 2004 comes and it's interesting. They paint the picture here in this documentary that, um, this is in, you know, after 2001 and then after that, the war, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and kind of like this uncertain feeling in the world. And when that U S team came to, uh, Athens in 2004 they didn't even stay in the Olympic Village they stayed on a cruise ship like away from everybody and they had all kinds of elite army soldiers both Greek and American like soldiers like protecting this cruise ship in the port and everything like that so it's kind of weird but then also like it was like a weird like cut and two team like you had the older vets duncan iverson marbury and then you had the brand new first year guys that just came off their first year in the league carmelo anthony uh Dwayne wade and lebron james who actually didn't actually get too much playing time coach larry brown of that team he played uh he, 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 won, he went with his vets, and they couldn't get it done. They lost uh, early in that tournament to Puerto Rico. And then um, in the, uh, like the game that would send them to the gold medal game, they lost to um, Argentina and uh, Manu Ginobili's team. Luis Scola was on that team, so... It was an embarrassing and unbelievable upset. And I remember just like everybody talking about it, even not basketball fans at the time, like, oh, what a disgrace. And like, oh, this is a joke. And what a shame. Oh, these, they can't, this is like the farthest thing from the dream team. Oh, these are all suckers. These bust of players and everything like that. So, 
they were in a bad spot. And that honestly, even lead up to uh, this redeem team in the uh, FIBA World Championships to qualify for the Olympics, they lost again. Um, so yeah, like nothing was for sure. And then obviously Kobe comes in, but you've got, uh, Carmelo, you got LeBron, you got D Wade, uh, Chris Paul comes in. So you got the solid team, uh, Dwight Howard, Carlos Boozer. Uh, I don't I actually, uh, I think Durant was actually only, it's crazy to to say, but at that time, like um, in the lead up to 2008, Durant was like right there at the start of his career. I don't even, I don't even think he was on the, that team. I think he was on the Olympics after the 2012 team. Yeah. Anyways. um, But yeah, this documentary is really interesting. And like I said, it's, it's always uh, kind of a bummer to uh, you know remember Kobe like this, and it's also interesting as far as like placing where Kobe was at in his career and how this um, redeemed team actually set the stage for the second half of his career because he had the successful beginning, the rookie year, and then obviously the run of championships with Shaq. Uh, 99, 2000, 2001. And then the breakup with Shaq and there was a whole talk about like Kobe ratted out Shaq, like like telling on him left and right, these things he was doing. And and then like, oh, he was going to be traded. And then the problem with uh, obviously the Colorado thing and his like, he was like, uh, I think you you know the the assault that uh, Kobe was accused of too, and then it's like cheating, and it's just such a bad thing. And then obviously without Shaq, and then down years, and then talks of um, he wants out of LA, and it, it's it's crazy how the Redeem team really did set that stage. And like it was interesting, he was number eight, and then he went to number twenty four, and. This redeem team is before they win the the the, uh, the championships with Gasol and uh, Odom, and that whole second phase of his career, like this, kind of like set the tone for that. Um, it was also interesting, like uh, coach, just Coach K as a coach, like being a motivator, and the people he brought in to. Uh, to motivate the team and how he wanted them to bring their egos to the team and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it was really cool. And just, it also just made me think it's interesting, like where we're at right now, as far as the state of world basketball, like the world really has gotten that much better. And even going ahead to these next Olympics, one of the things right now that, uh, is up in the air is is Joel Embiid. Uh, he has kind of like a dual citizenship thing, and um, is he going to commit to? He could play for Team USA, or um, he actually has uh, French uh, nationality too. So he could play for the French team, and if he does play for the French team, uh, there's a 
up and comer right now that everybody wants. Uh, he's got next, and he's the he's the most surefire can't miss prospect since LeBron James. Uh, Victor Webmanyama, you might have heard the name uh, going around the sports world here in the last week. Uh, he's played in a couple games against uh, G League Ignite and uh, Scoot Henderson, another seemingly. Uh, can't miss a uh, prospect who's on the way. So you got a lot of teams uh, getting ready to tank. Uh, there's a few teams that uh, seem poised to be at the bottom of the league, the San Antonio Spurs, uh, the Utah Jazz, uh, maybe the Rockets, the Pacers. Uh, but we'll see if there's any other teams that really want to go in on trying to get uh, Webman Yama because he really is this like, People threw around the term for years, uh, unicorn, to describe a special player. But um, for this guy, they're throwing around the term, uh, the alien, for him. He's uh, <clears throat> he's like 7'4 or something like that. But he's actually got like ball handling moves. Like he's a big man, but he can hit threes. He's got the moves. He really does have the complete package, and everybody's saying he is far and away the best prospect since LeBron James, the most surefire can't-miss prospect. So um, if you haven't heard the name before, remember you heard it here first, uh, Victor Webman-Yama. He's going to be huge, uh, the next big player in the league. So, yeah, get ready for him. (laughs) But uh, anyways... To finish off, uh, yeah, the Redeem Team, um, a worthy sports documentary, really good. It's hour thirty-seven minutes, and it's on Netflix. I thought I might. Uh, I muted my microphone, everyone, so you heard all that crashing. I had to step away for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about all that noise. But damn, it's hot in here. Need to open this window. Uh, Jeff, something else. I do. Um, Eraser. Reborn. Is this as in Arnold Eraser? Yeah, it's Arnold's Eraser, but it's not Arnold. It's this like B-movie reboot that went straight to HBO Max. All right. Okay. So here we go. U.S. Marshal Mason Pollard specializes in erasing people, faking the deaths of high-risk witnesses. With technology advanced in the last 25 years, the game has upgraded. It's just another day at the office when he's assigned to Rena Kamura, a crime boss's wife who decided to turn state's evidence. As the two flee to Cape Town, South Africa, with a team of mercenaries on their trail, Pollard discovers he's been set up, double-crossed, and fueled by adrenaline. He needs to be at the top of his game, or he'll be the one who's erased permanently. (laughs) This stars a bunch of people I haven't heard of or haven't seen before. Dominic Sherwood, Jackie Lay, McKinley Belcher III, and Eddie Ramos, directed by John Pogue. Uh, I didn't hear about this at all, but interestingly, um, HBO seemingly, um, I don't know how they got it or why they signed up for this, but 
they were like featuring it like in their thing like exclusive the hbo max you know eraser reborn um and yeah i mean you kind of know what you're getting into watching this seeing who's cast in it um i had hopes this would surprise me but in the end it kind of lives up to what this is like this is the kind of movie that you know used to end up you know in the dollar bin the two dollar bin at like walmart or something like that you know and you're like the eraser reborn <laughs> when they make another eraser movie <laughs> um it's the same obviously premise as Arnold's eraser in the original, this idea of he's a guy that can, you know, make you disappear and make people think you're dead and gone and whatnot. But uh, other than that, no other real connections to the original movie. Um, some pretty bad effects in certain parts. So bad. I wish I would have, I thought about like just, stopping it and rewinding it and recording it to show you some of these like laughable effects. But, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Like it is this B movie, this almost like C list movie. So, <laughs> you know, this, this sounds lame. <laughs> I did yeah, see the so. thumbnail, but I, I had no, no interest in this. <laughs> So this isn't me, and you know I don't like leaning on these so-called critical reviews, often written, like I said, by the same person, review bombed. But um, we'll just make what you will of these. Uh, this person says, Eraser regurgitation. They give it two stars. Yikes. Everything here is terrible. Badly written story. Badly acted. Full of uninspiring, identical fistfights. Four, dull. I enjoyed the original and wanted to join this, but there's no point to this. <laughs> Five, if everyone could make a gourmet meal, we would not be professional chefs. Same for movies. Here, the smartest thing the producers did was take the money saved uh, by casting relative unknowns and put in percentage photography, soundtrack, fight, fight scenes, and uh, sound effects. Only one problem, unlike the original, there is no point in this film where I actually cared what might happen. <laughs> Eraser Reborn, or more like ripped off and messed up. <laughs> Got 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a few parts where I was like, okay, okay. Like, I was like, Maybe like here we go. Is it turning around? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Hey, to, I haven't seen it, and I probably won't watch it. But nothing against everybody that's in it. They were hired for a job, yeah. and they did it. So yeah. you got to blame exactly. the writers exactly. and blame the writers and the director <laughs> for this one. You know what? At one point, I started to be like, you know, I've never heard of any of these people. Like, I almost picture this as like a fan film. Like, these are like, you know, and like these are unknowns, like they're just happy for the job. And I'm like, I almost start to feel bad for them, you know, like, oh, 
I mean, you're trying. <laughs> uh, do what you, you gotta know. do. Anyways, but um, do you remember? Because like I've obviously seen the research. I, I feel like I even saw it probably in the last five years. But in that, is he uh, is he betrayed by his own organization? Is that the whole deal? I think so, from what I remember. Because, yeah, that's obviously the deal here, too. Because they started going after him. Because they they were trying to kill her. And then... Yeah, okay. So it's it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. So... (laughs) But probably, obviously, the original's better. The original's uh, on Netflix, I'm seeing. (laughs) That one was hella good. Arnold, Vanessa Williams, James Caan, James Coburn, James Cromwell, John Slattery. I haven't seen that in a while, but it's hella good. Yeah, now I feel like watching it just to kind of compare to what I just saw. And yeah, I almost want to, I need to fast forward through the film and show show you. To erase what you saw. scenes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly and then just randomly i saw on imdb i guess there's this aaron eckhart movie back from 2012 called erased an ex-ci agent and his estranged daughter are forced on the run when his employers erase all records of his existence i know I, I don't remember this at all did you ever see that or hear about that never heard of it yeah <laughs> but it sounds similar <laughs> oh actually you know what that sounds like to the net i put that on recently again and like that's always good for a laugh just because like what they thought they were saying about like what computers could do and like the future of computers you know never seen that one you never seen the net with sandra bullock nope it looked too whoa what happened? What it happened? Dumb. How did you never see the net? Because it looks stupid. That's why I didn't want to watch it. Wow. <laughs> you almost got to see it just for historical relevance. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. Anyways. Um, yeah, that'll do it for... Uh, movies so i guess we're on to the weekend sports i'll go quick since i know you got a feature um ooh, rough times for my broncos it is hard to watch uh they were on thursday night football um in the lead up to it i was listening to a podcast where they were talking about these teams are so bad and they're like this is the loser leaves town match <laughs> between the colts and the broncos and it lived up to that designation there were zero touchdowns in the game uh late in the game the broncos were winning nine to six three field goals to two and they went for the touchdown they could have just ran out the clock uh russell wilson to the end zone throws an interception the colts quickly move down the field kick the field goal to tie it and at that point the game's not over it goes to overtime tons of people left the stadium i wouldn't but i can't blame them they just watched some of the most awful football you could ever watch 
Now you're sending them to overtime. You could have just ran the ball out and won the game. Instead, you're going to overtime. Hell of people left. It was terrible football. And then um, in overtime, Colts get the ball. They kick another field goal, go up 12 to 9. Broncos get the ball, move all the way down the field. They're right on the goal line. They could kick a field goal to tie it. Instead, they go front and forth. Wilson tries to jam it over the middle, and it gets broken up. And, of course, the play just it's just bad football. It's like it's crazy because the past few years haven't been good either as a Broncos fan. But we've had moments, and we, like, score. And we were, like, winning, and it felt like, oh, maybe there's something here, and there's a chance, and, like, could we rally and make the playoffs, like, this team feels so hopeless. It's just bad football. It doesn't feel good. It's like, it's just doom. It's so bad. <laughs> and that's where we're at with uh, Broncos football. And then left and right, I'm seeing like uh, all these great memes, uh, you know, our, our uh, catchphrase for years, Broncos country and let's ride. And now we got all these memes and these things. Broncos country, let's ride the ride. And it's like a car crashing into water and stuff. And you got um, the horse from Neverending Story that's sinking into the mud. That's the that's, uh, Broncos. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> hmm. Well, I don't know. Seahawks lost to the Saints, so. About as much as I know. <laughs> yeah. And we already covered the whole uh, Dre thing, but we are right around the corner from the start of the NBA season. The Warriors played the Lakers tonight preseason. Uh, Lakers won 124-121, but it, this is preseason where the main players only play a little. It's more of a warm-up. Nothing really too much to think about so it's fine anthony davis had 28 points for the lakers jordan Poole led the way for the warriors 25 the guy that took the punch hmm. i'm trying to find out where this movie is it's not even streaming anywhere terrifier 2 and i don't know i don't know how these people are seeing it I assume it's got a small release, but no. But um, was that all the sports you had? Yes. Oh man, Halloween was playing tonight. Man, the original. Yeah, I've seen it a billion times, but I love seeing it on the big screen. Ugh, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Again, everyone, stay away from that movie. Ugh, it's making its rounds in the theaters, but uh, hold on just a second. Allergy season is kicking my butt, boys and girls, so but with that being said, WWE 2022's Extreme Rules. It happened uh, last night in Philly. If there was a kickoff match, I did not see it. Uh, but the first match 
was uh, the Brawling Brutes taking on uh, Imperium in a good old-fashioned Donnie Brook match. Uh, this match was okay. I mean, they were all beating the hell out of each other. Uh, CBS Sports gave it a A. Um, the Brawling Brutes, they're the ones that uh, ended up beating the Imperium. Uh, the Brawling Brutes is um, Sheamus, uh, Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dune, and the hell's the other guy's name? Uh, I want to say Gunther. No, Gunther's the other guy. But anyway, yeah. Um, Gunther was the main dude that uh, everybody that uh, Sheamus was going after. I mean, they've had matches throughout the last pay-per-view and on Raw, but, man, they, they really went for it on this one. They had all kinds of stuff on the outside of the ring, but didn't really use any of it, But except for the shillelaghs when they were beating the shit out of each other. Um, But, eh, it was what it was. It was still a good match. They beat the hell out of each other. Um, Sheamus did the, um, the Celtic Cross to uh, Gunther and slammed him onto the announce table. So I thought that was pretty sweet. I love when they destroy that thing. Uh, the next match was the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Uh, Liv Morgan, Morgan is a SmackDown champ, taking on a challenger, Ronda Rowdy, Ronda Rousey. All right. Um, I love Ronda Rousey. I'm not uh, a Liv Morgan. Uh, don't get me wrong. She's beautiful, but... I don't think she was ready to be the champ, but this match was kind of sloppy. Um, not on Ronda, and, and for, for my opinion, boys and girls, Ronda, I thought she did good, but Liv Morgan was just not uh, up to speed uh, with Ronda for, for this, but it was like anything goes. They were beating the hell out of each other. They were breaking out. Uh, Liv Morgan had a bat run that broke out the tables and everything. Liv Morgan ended up uh, going slamming. Uh, oh no, she put Ronda on the table and then she jumped off and uh, crushed it on uh, crushed Ronda on the table. But it it ended so sloppy. Um, they were hitting each other with the bat. And I assume it was a solid bat, but you can clearly see that they were pulling it uh, before they were hitting each other. But uh, looked like Liv took one, a good one, uh, to the stomach because she had a welt uh, across her uh, her stomach. But um, Ronda Rousey ended up pulling it out, um, and I was like, oh, really? I mean, I love Ronda, and I was glad that she won, but it was just, it was not a good, good match. It was just, ugh, ugh. she like uh, basically uh, strangled. Uh, Liv Morgan and then knocked her out, but uh, whatever. But yeah, I was happy that uh, Ronda got the belt back again. So she is the new SmackDown Women's Champ. The next one, Drew McIntyre taking on Karrion Cross for a strap match. Eh, this one, it was all right. I mean, once they started beating the hell out of each other, it was it was okay. But um, and for the first few minutes, man, Karrion Cross wouldn't put the the strap on when when you put it on, not the strap on, boys and girls, but a, a leather strap around his wrist, and uh, I can't I can't remember how long it is. Um, but then they they're supposed to keep it on the whole match and, and beat the hell out of each other. Uh, they kept taking it and slapping each other. There, there was welts all over each other's backs and chest uh, from them whipping each other. I mean, there was one part when they were like whipping each other in the face uh, with it. So I mean, that was. That didn't look fake. <laughs> it looked like they were hitting because you can hear it slap. 
Um, but there was some there was some good moments in this one. They gave it a uh, a B. Um, I'd probably agree with that. Um, Karrion Cross ended up defeating uh, Drew McIntyre via pinfall because dumbass Scarlet jumped in the ring and sprayed uh, pepper spray or whatever in um, McIntyre's eyes, and then he fell down and he got pinned. So I was like, ah. Uh, the next one I was really looking forward to this one. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship match. Uh, the Raw uh, Women's Champ Bianca Belair, the EST taking on uh, the Bay's uh, Bailey in a ladder match. Um, I thought they went pretty brutal on each other. They were both beating the hell out of each other with the ladders and taking slams on it. Um, and Bailey's got her little crew, um, Io Shirai and um, Dakota Kai, but. Uh, Bianca Belair ended up pulling this one out. They they rated this one a B plus. It, it was it was a good match. Uh, I love that they both go for it. I mean, both of them are not afraid to take hard bumps, and they were taking really really hard ones uh, with these ladders, slamming each other on it and everything. Um, Bianca Belair is pretty strong, uh, but Bailey did help her out a little bit. There was a time where uh, Bailey put the ladder, the, the tallest ladder, stood it and laid, had knocked Bianca down. Then put the ladder on top of her, like the the leg parts, and then um, Bailey was gonna climb up and get the belt, but Bianca did. She like pushed it up to where to knock over the ladder. Um, yeah, Bailey stepped down a few so she could get the the momentum to push it over, but I mean she's still pretty strong. But yeah, Bianca Belair ended up defeating Bailey, and she climbed up there and and got the the belt, so she's still the champ. Uh, I'm hoping Bailey gets it at WrestleMania, but we'll see. On to the next one. Edge taking on Finn Balor in an I Quit match. Um, I love both of these guys. They were beating the hell out of each other. This one. They went out into the crowd. They were beating the hell out of each other up there, slamming each other into the walls and banging their heads on little overhangs and everything. And it was cool. I love when the crowd... Are all into it and they're screaming, especially they're beating each other up as they go up up, up into the stairs and everything. Um, but yeah, um, the uh, what the hell? Um, what's his name? Um, damn it, uh, Damian Priest. He ended up getting involved as well as Dominic Mysterio. The the Judgment Day. They came running in. Um, Rhea Ripley. Ooh, so fine. She was there. She kind of got into the action, but then Beth Phoenix. Um, Edge's wife, she jumped in and she started going at it with uh, with Rhea, but Rhea ended up knocking her out, and then they were just beat all beating the shit out of Edge, and then they finally, um, they they were all three of them, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and um, Dominic, they were holding Edge like kind of like they had him uh, just on they were on his back and they were holding him up, and uh, basically you're supposed to yell I quit. And then that's when the match is, is over. Um, but Beth was, she got knocked out by Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley had these brass knuckles and pink knocked her out. So she was laying there flat, flat on her face. Um, Rhea grabbed uh, a chair, stuck it under Beth's head. And then she had another chair and she was just going to hit her in the head with it. So that's what she ended up. Well, she was about to do it, but then Edge finally went, I quit, I quit. So the match was over, but they still had it. And Rhea just slammed Beth in the head and then they, they all jumped out of the ring and Edge crawled over her and was like, are you alright? Are you alright? Uh, for hella long, they were like 
usually the EMTs come running in immediately. I don't know why they weren't. I mean, all these refs came jumping in the ring for some reason. And then Edge was like, come on, get someone. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Rey Mysterio got involved in this as well. But then he got beat up. Uh, Dominic, his son, ended up beating up his dad. And, oh, man, it was just all hell in in the ring. But uh, Edge, is he going to quit? Yeah, that's the rule. But I have a feeling um, it's going to be Edge, Finn Balor taking on Rhea and um, uh, or Edge and Beth taking on Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley at some point. Hopefully WrestleMania. We'll see. Because um, this can't go uh, undone. Uh, Beth Phoenix. I mean, I love Rhea Ripley. Don't get me wrong. She's one of my favorites. But uh, I've been a Glamazon fan for a while. So I think Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix will whoop her ass. Uh, yeah, she's much older, but Beth is a big gal. <laughs> so, but I was waiting for a glam slam. I didn't get any of that. This next match, uh, Matt Riddle taking on Seth Rollins in a fight pit match. It, it was kind of weak into the end to the last maybe few minutes. Um, it's like a, a Hell in a Cell type thing. It's a cage that comes down, but then there's like a three foot, I think it was like three and a half foot um, like balcony platform around the ed- the edge up top. So, but in order to win, you had to either pin them or submit them on the ring on the on the mat. So, but they were up in that uh, fighting and everything. Um, there was one. <laughs> there was a uh a couple RKO's that uh, Riddle threw on Seth. I thought that was really cool. And then he tried to R- Riddle tried to RKO. R- RKO uh, Rollins again, but he like pushed him out of the way, slammed Riddle on the mat, and then curb stomped him hella hard. I thought that was the end of the match, but it wasn't. I uh, ended up getting up onto the little scaffolding part, and they were wrestling up there. Um, Riddle dropped another RKO on uh, Rollins and slammed him. He fell and then kind of rolled off that part, but you can clearly see he grabbed on to hold for a second before he fell and so he lands safely below. So he was laying there in the middle of the ring, and the riddle was looking around, and he did a broton, basically a senton, and but from that top, I don't know how high it was, this is pretty high, and did want a broton right on top of uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, I put the video on my stories on um, on Instagram if you guys haven't seen it, or just go to WWE or whatever. There's videos and everything of it. Um. It was cool, and I love when they do high-flying stuff, but the way Riddle came down, it looked like most of the force took, like, his back landed on Seth, but it looked like his butt, boom, hit the mat hella hard, and that can't be good for your spine. (laughs) So, because it looked like he was in pain the rest of the match. He was like, oh, walking around all stiff and and needed help uh, to get up. But uh, Riddle ended up pulling it out and uh, pinning. Or no, he uh, submitted uh, Rollins and, and, he, and Riddle won. But I was like, oh, man. I mean, I'm sure he's like hella sore today. Uh, if he didn't like get wheelchaired around after this, he made, I assume he made it up the ramp. We didn't see it. They cut to commercial. But it was pretty brutal, man. I was like, fuck, man. That, that would have hurt me. Um, <laughs> but oh, man. It was, it was a good match. I loved uh what was going on in it. And uh, Riddle, I like him. Uh, Seth Rollins, he's cool and all, but he, uh, he gets on my nerves sometimes. 
So I was kind of like, ah, uh, when he was um, involved in all of this nonsense. But um, I was, I mainly saw at him because he broke up the shield. That was uh, the main reason. Uh, I was mad at him, <laughs> mad at him for all of that. Um, but it, it was it was still a good match. I, I liked what was going on. Um, I sent you the video of the the move when he jumps off the top and uh, check it out. Can you watch videos at the same time when you're recording? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, well, if you can't, then then don't worry about it. Watch it later. But uh, yeah, go on WWE.com, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. The video's there. You can see uh, see what happens. But um, every now and then, they kept showing these little uh, things of a white rabbit throughout the thing. It was already spoiled to me, so I knew what it, what it was. But if um, it didn't, if I didn't get spoiled, I, I would have been shocked. Uh, I am not. I am not a fan of this guy, but I was pretty hyped that he's back. Uh, a while back, when Vince was still running the show, they kept cutting uh, all the talent, and this guy was one that got cut. But he returned last night in Philly, and the place just blew up. Um, it was weird because it got all dark. It was right after the uh, match with Riddle and uh, no, no, yeah, Riddle and. Um, Seth Rollins, because that, that that was the fun. That was the main event. Um, I thought he, I assume he was going. At, I thought he was going to go after uh, Rollins because they had uh, some beef for a while. But I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, so the lights went out. They kept showing spotlights here and there. They were showing some weird pig guy. Then they showed some crazy rabbit. Then some clown looking dude. And then there's something on stage. It was a door. The door. Well, then somebody started singing. He got the whole world in his hand. And when you heard that voice, everybody went, ah, well, I think everyone knew who it was anyway when they started showing all these weird things because they were also showing playing this music. And you guys know whose music that was. But the return of Bray Wyatt, he wasn't the fiend. He was Bray Wyatt because he came he came out when that door opened and this big old bright light. You see his little lantern. And when you saw that, the place just it was a huge pop. Everyone ah, went nuts. I was kind of excited, but. I was never really a Bray Wyatt fan. I love the fiend. I liked how he looked. Oh, there was a fiend guy in the crowd too. But he comes out and he has this cool mask on. Shout out to um Bacon Jason. Um the guy that, that made uh the mask in uh black phone, that one that um Ethan Hawk was wearing, he made the mask that Bray Wyatt's wearing. So I thought that was really cool. Look, it looked like a clown type of mask. But he pulled it off, and it was Bray Wyatt, and everybody went nuts, and then that was the end of uh, of the pay-per-view. So, but um, I'd love to see where it's going to go with uh, Bray and who he's going to go after and, and all this. But I was shocked that he got let go because he, he was a fan favorite uh, with the whole Fireflies and, and all that and a little crazy when when – uh, Braun Strowman was a part of his crew, and all the other guys, Luke Harper, um, and uh, the other dude. I can't remember his name. Um, but he's back now. Uh, I don't know if these little crazy things that were with him are his crew now or, or what, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I know he's a new father. I think their kid is probably maybe a year or so old. 
um, before he had left. He uh, ended up hooking up with JoJo, and, and uh, they had a kid together, so right on. But um, it's cool. He's back. Um, I'm hoping that they bring back some other talent uh, that was let go, that we were all shocked at. Um, we will see. But um, that was Extreme Rules uh, 2022. Uh, there was some little eh moments for me, but I, I, I did enjoy it. I mean, I love watching wrestling. I know a lot of people don't really care for WWE, but there's a lot of stuff going on in AEW. Um, uh, I don't know. It, it looks like Punk's out, but I'm not sure yet. There hasn't been an official announcement. If there is, I haven't heard it yet, but... I believe the next pay-per-view for WWE is next month, earlier next month, and that's going to be in Saudi Arabia. I think it's Crown Jewel. Um, yeah, Crown Jewel. Uh, I like that when they do uh, the shows over there. Yes, it will be November 5th, Saturday, November 5th. Is it in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, in Riyadh. Uh, so I think, no, you do. I know the last couple, it was like during the week, like on a Friday or a Thursday. I can't remember, but it's like early in the morning. So it's, I think it's like around 10 or 11 for us. Like, I, I can't really remember, but, um, it's cool. I know it's hella hot over there, uh, depending on where they're doing it. I'm not sure where they're doing it at, but, um, I remember that one year they they had one one of the events over there and it was outside and it was like 90 something degrees and I think that was when Undertaker almost killed or, or no Goldberg almost killed Undertaker or vice versa I can't remember cuz those old guys they couldn't handle that heat and uh it looked rough <laughs> over there but uh I I love it when they go over there because the WWE universe over there I mean they they really really are really hyped uh, they only get these pay-per-views. They probably get a little more since um, uh, they have uh, WWE India going on. So, I don't know. They probably get events that we don't see. So, But um, it's cool when they have these big pay-per-views over there. There's always uh, the universe is there, and everybody is really, really super-duper hyped. So I love uh, when they have those shows over there. But that main event is Roman Reigns taking on uh, what's-his-nuts. Um Logan Paul. Or, uh, if you guys saw him at uh, WrestleMania, which I thought he did a good job uh, last year and the year before, um, it'll be interesting. I don't see Logan Paul winning, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's uh, next month. So definitely uh, talk about that. <clears throat> Uh, when Brian and I do the wrestling returns, we'll probably go into a little bit more about uh, extreme rules and everything. Brian will give his two cents on what he thought of it all. But yeah, but as far as sports, that is it for me. Unless you got anything else. No, that's good. All right. What are we on to? Collecting? Well, Star Wars yeah. is still Andor. Yeah, and I mean, we covered that. Yeah, so all right. Collecting, what do you got? Uh, I got the box the box of fun the fright night Two new york box i did a video that we talked about uh, last time we recorded i re- i uh, recorded that and sent that over to you so um yeah pretty cool did that uh, 
far as like the online ordering went for this con, uh, a little bit of a mess when the exclusives first went up. They didn't have everything up. So I thought like, oh, there's certain things they're not going to have. And then um, I checked a little bit later and it turns out they put up other stuff. So end up having to do two separate orders. So that was kind of annoying. And then on top of that, uh, Groot and uh, Anakin sold out on the main site. So I had to go through the shared retailers and uh, Amazon's the one with Anakin. And uh, supposedly it's not going to ship till February of next year. So um, that'll be a while for that one. Uh, Groot, who knows, just says, release date on that so who knows when targets getting their their group but uh got the order in with them for that um uh as far as stuff that actually showed up here um got in the rest of the wakanda forever uh line that uh was uh waiting on uh Ironheart Mark One, really excited for that. Uh, that's going to definitely make my end of year top ten list. Some really cool details on that. Uh, Namora, uh, one of the Atlanteans, uh, really cool details on her, and Atuma, another Atlantean they made, and then uh, Mbaku was I think the last one that I was missing from. The Wakanda Forever set, so good to have that set uh, well ahead of the film's release. Uh, get ready to do some ops with that. And finally, another uh, Black Panther uh, in tribute to the first film, to T'Challa on the throne. Uh, that was a Target exclusive. Uh, had the pre-order in for that for a while, and that just arrived. So, yeah, getting ready for uh, Wakanda Forever. When does that come out? I think uh, very start of November. I think maybe the 11th. Let's see. Mm. Let's see what it says. Uh, yes, November 11th. So pretty much a month away. All right. Is that all you got? Yeah, that'll do it. All right, I got a couple things. Oh, finally, my um, uh, spirit that I pre-ordered last year from uh, Entertainment Earth finally showed up, but uh, I was tired of waiting, so I ended up picking one up at um, from Amazon. So now I got two, but the Amazon one, the box was kind of roughed up, so I'm gonna open that one. Uh, the Entertainment Earth one, they they it came pretty good. Um, the the box looks decent or better than my other one. Uh, the, they packaged it pretty good, so that was really cool. But while I was down in Sacramento, we went to the Comic Command Center. I think that's what it was called. Uh, we went in there. It, it was more of a little gaming place. There's a bunch of tables in there that took up all the room and whatever games people play. Uh, card games or those other ones, but I don't know. But they also had collectibles in there, so I went in there and looked. This is a Diamond Select figure. Uh, I'd seen them online, but I finally saw the one I wanted, and this is uh, 
Johnny Lawrence from the Cobra Kai Never Dies. Uh, this is from the, the Cobra Kai series. It's got cool little pictures of uh, William Zabka on the back. And it's in like a clam clam shake, uh, clam case shell. It was only 25 bucks. Uh, it comes with a, I think it's a, yeah, it's a stand and a little uh, card, a Johnny Lawrence card. And the figure, uh, it looks pretty cool. The mold is good. looks just like him. Um, I'm not going to take it out of the package. But uh, it was cool. I saw these online, and I'm glad I got this one. This is the one I wanted. Johnny is my favorite in Cobra Kai. Uh, definitely check out that whole series that's on Netflix right now. So now I'm, I'm running out of room. I need to figure out uh, where I'm going to put this one. So, but I don't know. We'll see. The next thing. Uh, I didn't know it was a Walmart exclusive. I knew it was out there. There's also a Chase, but I'm not. I probably missed that. I think there was only like a, a few thousand. It's probably already gone, and I'm not paying the price. Those fools want on eBay for it. But uh, I finally got this. Is from the the All Elite Wrestling AEW line, the uh, Unrivaled Collection, and this is the best in the world. CM Punk. Uh, yeah, he's going through a lot of issues. Is he going to be with w or AEW? I don't know. We'll see as it goes. But I was waiting and waiting for his uh, new figure to come out in AEW. It's out. So hopefully he straightens up and works everything out with everybody. But I don't know. From what I understand, a lot of the locker room doesn't doesn't like him. So, But I got this figure. I've been a Punk fan for a while, so I'm glad that I got it. Uh, again, it is a Walmart exclusive. I guess the this figure, he's got an AEW jacket on, but I believe the Chase, he doesn't have the jacket on. But, okay. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm glad I have it. Uh, I love CM Punk. Uh, this next thing, I remember seeing these online, but I didn't, um, I didn't want to order it because it just, just, I think it was like $25. I picked this up for $15 at the Aftershock Festival. Um, this is the from the Half Pint series. Um, and this is uh, Gusha Jizmak, the drummer for Guar. Um, I saw this figure. It goes perfect with my little drummer collection, all my little little Funko guys that are here on the, on the computer desk in front of me. Um, I'll probably take this out of the box. Um, I don't know. There's two other figures in the line, Boltar and uh, Beefcake the Mighty. Um, I didn't see Beefcake. I really want him. I'll probably just have to order him. Boltar, I mean, he's cool and everything, but uh, I really want I, w I wish they would made all of them in these little uh, half-pint minifigures, but they, they only made those three. Who knows? Maybe they'll make more. But I really love Gusha Jizmak. He's been with the band from pretty much almost the beginning of it. Uh, definitely check out that documentary again. Uh, this is Guar. It's awesome. Uh, I love it. I've watched it a couple times so far. I'm cried all three times that I've watched it. Um, but this, he's a cool, he's an awesome drummer. Uh, I spent most of my time just watching him uh, when I was watching Guar because I mean he he's got the big thing over his head and he's all painted up and everything. He's got a limited amount of armor that he wears because he's got to put the drums. Not like everyone else that's up there. Uh, with all the stuff on and everything, but they they move around, do what they can. They all move really slow when they're, especially when they're battling. Uh, Boltar, the singer, he dropped his microphone, 
and he couldn't pick it up because he got so much on. He couldn't bend over. He'd probably fall over. So luckily, one of the slaves came running out and picked up the microphone and handed it back to him. So, but uh, I love this little figure. Uh, where am I going to put it? I guess I can put him right here. And I'm going to, uh, you know what? I'm going to keep him in the box. He just looks too awesome. Maybe if I get another one, uh, I'll take it out. But, uh, yeah, that is all that I got uh, this week. And it's rare that I get so much. But uh, I'm happy uh, that I was able to get what I get. Uh, mainly this CM Punk figure because I checked at the local Walmart here. Um, I don't just don't think they got it. But I was checking all the stores online and they had them in Reno. So I went over there and uh, got one. I forgot about the chase. I just grabbed the first one. Looked at the box, it looked fine, and I walked away. I, I should have went through the rest of them, but who knows? It's probably already gone. But I'm glad I got this figure, as well as the uh, the Cobra Kai, Johnny Lawrence figure. And that is it uh, for uh, collecting. You got a recommendation? Uh, yeah, I'm going to make it easy. Uh, the original Eraser, like I said, on Netflix. Uh, I'm intrigued to check it out now that uh, I've watched this uh, Eraser Reborn, um, which I can't really give a recommendation. So, yeah, I'm going to check out the uh, OG Arnold Eraser with me over on uh, Netflix. (laughs) Okay, go over to Shudder and watch... Uh, hmm. So many good movies on here. Uh, I think I already recorded that one before. I don't think I ever did this one. All right, this is a film that came out in 1986. Yeah, it's a cool little film. I like it. This is uh, The Gate. Um. Uh, so what's his name? Very, very young uh, Stephen Dorff. He's in it. Uh, when two boys accidentally dig up the gates of hell and summon an army of tiny demons and they have to work fast to stop the demons from turning them into human uh, sacrifices or a big bad demon king will soon be slithering through the gate to take over the world. Um, I love this movie. It's goofy and everything, but it was it was really cool. I, I saw it in the theater when it came out. And uh, I didn't realize that was Steven Dorff until I uh, recently watched it a couple years ago again. Um, but it's cool. It's an awesome little movie. If you have Shudder or AMC Plus, uh, check out The Gate. All right. And my random track this week. Uh, taking it back, uh, my retro playlist, uh, Classic Soul, Marlena Shaw's California Soul. Uh, Always love this track. Never get tired of this track. So, yeah, listen to some California Soul. Um, take you to Bad Religion. Check out. Um, what year did this one come out? Check out the track American Jesus. I believe that one came out. Nineteen ninety three. I think it was from what album? I don't even know. Uh, they have so many albums, I couldn't tell you what what it was on. Uh, 
guess it was just a single. But yeah, check out American Jesus. I, I don't want to feel like searching. Uh, it was on a, an EP that they did. Uh, when they played this song, man, I was singing my ass off. So uh, I was glad they played it. It's not my favorite uh, Bad Religion song, but um, it's a cool song. I'm glad they played that one. But yeah, check out American Jesus from Bad Religion. But All right, everybody. Not quite three hours. Probably would have been three hours if I watched everything I should have watched, but I didn't have time to watch anything. But with that being said, um, excuse me, allergy season. Uh, our 31 days of horror. We've been going strong. Um I, since I was gone, I kind of had the, the episodes uh, ready and up ready to, uh, uploaded to go. So those dropped uh, while I was away. But now I'm home and I thought I put one up for today. But uh, Sunday, September 9th, I haven't put that up yet. So uh, it'll be up. Um, you'll probably hear this before. Well, this will be up before that. So I, I need to uh, upload that show. I won't tell you what it is. But let me tell you what we've got uh, so far and everyone that's listened to it and reached out uh, to us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the first episode was Damien, Omen 2. Then I did Demons 2. Then I did Psycho 2. Then I did Fire in the Sky. And then Brian and I did uh, uh, Stay Alive. Then I did uh, Diary of the Dead. Uh, and then I did It Follows. And then uh, Brian and I did the is it 2010 yeah 2010 film uh legion if you guys uh haven't seen that awesome film with um what's his nuts vision what's his name paul um, yeah him have you seen that movie legion nope you haven't seen that movie dude it's hella good watch it yeah it's not a horror movie but it's labeled horror. It was more of an action shoot 'em up movie about um uh Michael the Archangel. He comes down to uh protect uh this lady. It's basically Terminator, but with angels. Um he comes down to protect uh uh this unborn kid because he's supposed to be the savior of mankind and then all these other demons and angels come down and have this big huge firefight uh at this uh, diner. Uh, and everything. It's an awesome movie. Definitely check it out and listen to that review uh, as well. But um, it's a cool film. I believe it's streaming on. Oh, you just got rid of stars, huh? <laughs> uh, or do you still have it? Like a day or two left on it. Uh, yeah, check it out, dude. It's on stars. It's pretty good. It's more of an action movie than quote unquote horror. So. Check it out. It's an awesome film. Yeah. What's the name really good in it? Uh, Paul Bettany. Also, before we wrap up, uh, definitely want to tease at some point. We got to do our uh, Big Brother finale wrap up. Uh, looking forward to doing that. And then at some point, we got to do Not So Scary Hocus Pocus, too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're also going to do uh, Werewolf by Night uh, as well. Oh, yeah. As soon as I, wa- soon as I watch it. And then. Can't wait. Whatever. I don't even know what that one I sent you. Uh, yeah, just do that one and send it on over. Um, you don't want to but, do that one? Uh, I didn't watch it. <laughs> so, um, how long is it? Oh, you got to go to bed. Never mind. Never mind. You got to go to bed. Huh? Yeah, no, I do. I do got to go to bed. But I'm saying it's a few minutes. The thing. It was, um, it was, it was like maybe it wasn't even 10 minutes. I think it was maybe 10 minutes. 
Uh, it was the one with Steve, right? Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> I see. I didn't even, I didn't even watch it yet. Where is it? I thought I. I know I sent it to you not too long ago. Oh, here it is. Um, what is this one called? How to be alone. It's only twelve minutes long. Uh. If you got a few minutes, let me watch it. We could do it. <laughs> or you got to go right to bed. <laughs> yeah. Got the early start. Sadly. Yeah, well, just just do it, dude. I mean, most of these are me. I mean, it's got one's got to at least be you. <laughs> so just it, it doesn't have to be long, dude. Just just crank it out. Talk about it and what you thought about it in the synopsis. and right. send it on over. Well, I know you so, got but, a lot of horror going on, but uh, when you can... Uh, Check out that big brother. Don't want to wait till uh, November to cover it. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I will definitely do uh, Werewolf by Night like within the next couple of days, everyone. Uh, I need to watch it. Eric wants to watch it as well. So, But uh, we got more. 31 Days of Horror. We're only nine days in right now. So we still got uh, a few more weeks of it. So definitely every, every single day um, we got an episode covering this or covering that. So, but... We'll see. Also got a uh, couple commentaries coming. Mike and Brian and I are going to do one and hopefully get Steve from the League of Geeks or Geek the Geeks uh, to come on and do one with Brian and I. And I don't know who else. I think Taylor's going to supposed to do one with me. Not sure about Rob yet. I don't know. I have to get a hold of him, but I don't know. We'll see. But uh, with that, everyone, uh, definitely check out, uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, go over to our anchor feed, listen to everything over there. I got one so far, one, uh, bonus review over there. <sighs> it's a movie. So go over and listen to that one. Uh, go to YouTube, follow us there. Uh, going over to T public, pick up a MacNez or an East society shirt. Uh, everyone that's got one. Thank you. Uh, follow us on Twitter, East society podcast, MacNez pod, uh, Theo Zisu, follow us on Instagram, East Society Podcast, uh, at the Zisu, at MacNez Pod. Follow our Blu ray pages, Blu ray Nez, Blu ray Terror, and follow us on TikTok, East Society Pod. There's plenty of videos on there right now. A lot of live uh, performances from all the bands that I saw at the Aftershock Festival. Definitely uh, check all that out. And, um, well then come back tomorrow for more horror or 31 days of horror we'll uh, be back next week with uh, another episode there's a couple of new movies um, uh, I want to watch uh, that new Hellraiser movie so definitely I, I should have watched it but I was gone um, that'll probably be Nez I didn't do no Nez on horror this one because I didn't watch anything but uh, Nez on horror next week will be Hellraiser that new one that's on Hulu so I'll check that out and then I think there's some new ones on Shutter, I still need to get to, as well as Werewolf by Night. Um, really quick, will I like it? Yes. All right. So with that, but yeah, Zeus and I will come back and do that one, and uh, plenty more. So until then, till next time, everyone be safe out there and party on. Yep. Thanks everyone for listening. Till next time, have fun, be safe, and we'll see you next time, Society. Mm-hmm.